Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are, of course, the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. It's uh, another beautiful day here in, in North Florida. Uh, sun's not shining quite yet, but uh, hopefully it's going to come out in a little while. It's a little bit overcast, but uh, I can't complain. The weather's still warm. Um, we're going to have a great show today, Cindy. We've got a very uh, interesting guest coming on the, uh, the second half of the show. Uh, John Godwin is the uh, Director of Player Development for the U.S. Kids uh, Golf Foundation. He'll be joining us in the second half. And then we're going to have a little discussion this morning on uh, some of the goals, if you will, uh, that you might want to have for your junior golf camps, for you coaches out there, teachers, and also for you parents that might be tuning into the show this morning. Uh, there might be some good information that you might get here if you're thinking about uh, putting your kid uh, into a junior golf camp or having them participate. So uh, Cindy and I are going to uh, talk to you a little bit about that here. But uh, let me remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Tuesday morning, unless otherwise stated, uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern time here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, just visit that link, and up in the search key, you can just type Women of Golf, uh, or you can just uh, type uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well. And uh, we will be front and center every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. If for some reason you can't join us, though, and, and uh, you want to listen to the program uh, when it's maybe more convenient for you, you can just visit that link again and scroll down to the On Demand section, and that will take you there. And you can listen to all of the shows um, that uh, you may have missed. They're all auto-recorded, even though we are live right now. And uh, you can listen to them when it's convenient for you. So not to worry. They're always there uh, whenever you want to listen. You can also, uh, on some of the other great social media platforms, you might want to tune in to iTunes.com or Stitcher.com or now TuneIn.com. And under the podcast section, uh, again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well. Uh, If you want to contact Cindy and I during the show, if you want to call in and say hello, or maybe you've got some questions or comments about the program, you can do so by uh, calling in at area code 347-945-5855. That's uh, 347-945-5855. Or you can certainly reach out via email to either one of us. And Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. And mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So Cindy, uh, as I said, we're going to talk about some of the goals, uh, I guess, that you might have for a junior golf camp. And um, let me just start off, I guess, with probably an obvious one um, that you as a – and I want to re- sort of recuse myself, as I mentioned to you off air. I, I don't really do uh, junior golf camps myself. I tend to deal more with corporate clients. 
Um, but I still think it's an important area of, of golf, as, as I know many, many golf professionals like yourself, Cindy, that do a lot of junior uh, golf camps and, and things like that. So I thought it would be a good topic to have for today. So I'm going to rely on you, uh, Cindy, to, to help me a little bit with this. But um, I think probably one of the first things that you want to do is, is obviously you want to make sure that you're teaching um, some of the fundamentals of golf. And again, it depends on the age groups that you're dealing with. Um, and that obviously covers a wild, wide range of things. But I think that you want to make it uh, as fun and, and sort of inspiring and, and learning uh, as, as much as possible. Um, what are your thoughts there? What do you try to, to sort of accomplish um, with, your, with your boot camps or your golf camps? Well, again, it always depends on who's your audience and how old are they. But the number one thing mm-hmm. is, again, you just mentioned fun. It's funny because mm-hmm. um, some people in California did a survey with a bunch of schools to find out what kids do after school and what you know programs do they participate in. And they mentioned soccer and dance and football and or and baseball and karate <clears throat> and no one mentioned right. golf. And the reason yeah. they didn't mention golf is because it wasn't any fun. And they didn't know golf could be fun. Mm-hmm. So number one thing mm-hmm. is you you have to have fun. You have to have fun. Yep. Number two yeah, thing I, is depending on the yeah the age limit or the age that you're teaching. So the little ones, um, needless to say, you get U.S. Kids Golf Clubs and you play games with them. And you know what's funny is. In my opinion, it doesn't really matter how old they are. Even the grown-ups like to play games. So if you can show them that this can be fun and they can learn things while they don't really know that they're learning, which is kind of cool, Right. sometimes the parents get a little wiggy because they're like, well, why aren't you hitting balls? You know, I'm like, well, we're going to hit balls, but we're going to have fun. (laughs) You know, so it's like – you know, they think they should hit three jumbo buckets in an hour and have blisters and bleed, but that's not really the case. Right. If you do that, nobody's going to come back. So fun is number yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, Cindy, it's funny. Um, past Thursday I had a, a great panel discussion, and I had, and I know you'll, you'll know uh, who I'm talking about, but Nicole Weller uh, from Savannah, Georgia, was one of the guests on the panel, and she brought three great um, fellow coaches and it was interesting because we had um, in addition to uh, another one here in the U.S. we had two uh, one from Ireland and one from Italy actually come in on the on the uh, conversation and it was funny because one of the uh, and you sort of alluded a little bit to it one of the things that was came up in the discussion was the fact that you know people don't or how they equate golf and and it's kind of sad, really, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, and I, and I don't want to take up too much time because I, I want to stay on the topic that we've got. But one of the, the uh, comments was made that, uh, again, people are under this misconception that golf is an elitist sport and that it's not for them and that it's you know a lot of hard work, which we know it, it can be depending on what level you want to get to, um, but it, it doesn't come across as a fun sport. And I, obviously, I think a lot of that is through some of the marketing and that that has gone over the years. It's just not promoted, um, maybe in, in the best way it could be. Um, but 
it kind of goes to what you were talking about, that study. People don't think of golf. When they think of extracurricular activities, they're soccer and baseball and karate and dance and all these other things. And, and that's, I, I believe, is a real issue because if we truly want to grow this game, especially at the junior level, um, it can't be all about competition. It's also got to be about, um, you know, just getting out there and having fun. And um, I think, which sort of leads to the next thing, is I think we want to promote learning but it's got to be through some fun games and some interesting games and not just all about, you know, as you said, hitting, you know, two or three jumbo buckets out there and, and getting blisters on your hands. It's got to be about, uh, you know, having some other kind of fun and enjoyment with it. What, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely true. I mean, again, depending on where you teach, we teach inside a dome in Buffalo in the winter and outside in the summer. And there's a game we play, one of the many games we play is tic-tac-toe on the green. And you can use tic-tac-toe to make teams. And then what Mm -hmm. you do is, you know, sometimes we play the girls against the boys or we divide them up into age groups and try to make the teams fair. And then who gets the ball, you know, inside tic-tac-toe? And you can do it with chipping. You can do it with putting. And, you know, really what you're practicing is distance control alignment right right stroke shape right reading greens Mm -hmm. so you're doing all that but they don't realize that's what they're doing and needless to say the time goes by faster it appears as though they're goofing off maybe but they're really not goofing off they're really learning an awful lot of things so it's it's to me it's just really really important i do have to say one other thing i was on a call with the executive committee of the lpga last night and we were talking about, you know, how do we get more girls, women to join the LPGA? And really, Sandy LeBeau made a comment and said, you know, we really should maybe make a tree. And, and with the roots of starting a child playing golf, junior golf, yep. and what does that child learn and receive by knowing how to play the game? And... Mm-hmm. My big deal, there's so many opportunities, if not only in business, but how many jobs are there yep. in golf where you aren't a tour player? You know, I, we have a daughter right. who's, you know, in charge of morning drive at the Golf Channel, and she's broken 90 once, so she's not good. She really, she plays once a year, right. doesn't love the game, but yet she's working in the golf business. So. Again, the more you can expose kids to the game, you know, it's invaluable for learning accountability, respect, you know, everything. Right. And, and that kind of really goes to, to my point as well, is I think the, the misconception that a lot of people have is sort of the only um, exposure to golf that most people really see is what they see on television, the, the tour players and things like that. And that's fantastic. I, I mean, you know, by all means, let's promote that. But they don't see the other side of it. They don't see that, you know, you or I, um, you know, they know about us. They know there's golf professionals out there that teach golf, but they don't really see all of the other benefits. And really, the tour represents such a small percentage of what the golf industry has to offer. And, uh, and I understand why they promote it, and I get that. But it, it gives the illusion that it's not something – that's attainable for everybody out there. And as you just pointed out, your, you know, your daughter, who's of course been a guest on the show, um, 
you know, is not a, 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 a an, what I would call an accomplished golfer, but she can play golf and, you know, does have fun when she goes out there. She's in the business side of golf and it's provided her uh, some great opportunities and access, access to things that maybe she might not have had if she didn't uh, get involved in golf in some way. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that we can do. And something else too, Cindy, that, uh, and I'm sure we can both attest to, and this is something that we want to get through with our junior golfers, uh, is the sort of promotion of golf friendships, um, the, the great friends that you make through golf, um, not just for business, but for personal as well. It, it's a great way to develop and build uh, friends as well by getting involved in something um, because, you know, most sports you might play for an hour, uh, but golf you can be out there for several hours, and it's a great way to communicate with people and spend some good quality time. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, you know, it's really funny because our guest this morning, John and Godwin, um, when I went to get certified as a U.S. kids golf instructor, he said to me, are you married to Alan Miller? And I said, yeah. And now, again, <laughs> Alan's going to be 70, right? And he says, I play right. junior golf with Alan Miller. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So, again, there is really <laughs> no other sport where you can say right. that about someone. Um, our son, you know, all of his junior golf buddies were in his wedding. You know, you make friends for sure. a lifetime. Truly you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, and, and just to quickly point out about Alan, is, you know, here's somebody that's, you know, now 70 years old that's still out playing golf, that's still out teaching golf and, and working in the industry, Um you know, most people when they get to that age are retiring or they're not as active in, in any kind of sport. Golf is something that allows you, regardless of your age, uh, whether you're a junior or whether you're in the senior uh, side of things, uh, you can still be very active in a lot of ways. And that's not always easy with some of the other sports. Um, and, and golf is just very unique. Uh, I don't think people, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm getting the point across, I think, that I don't think people truly understand the whole area or genre of golf and what it really entails. And I think that's something that hopefully we can do over time uh, in, in promoting. Um, I think the other thing too is, you know, Cindy is we want to encourage. Um, and again, this goes to the friendship is, is developing, uh, you know, interaction in, in group type practices. Obviously we want to work individually uh, with students at times, but I think it's good to create that group environment uh, with some of your, your golf camps. And I know you do that with your boot camps. So talk a little bit about that, the sort of interaction between uh, the fellow uh, participants. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because we just finished the junior go- uh, golf boot camp in Florida at Orange County National a few weeks ago. And there were two girls mm-hmm. who play on very competitive rival teams, high school golf teams in Buffalo, and they, mm-hmm. it's funny because we teach both teams, most of the girls on both teams. And the underdog team has really, you know, they've got four kids on their, four girls on their team that are consistent students that work on their game a lot. One of them is really, really shy and quiet. And it's funny because the shy and quiet ones can sometimes appear snotty, stuck up. Right? So this young girl who was the quiet, shy one who uh, did not participate in the 
radio show that day, by the way, because she was too shy. She didn't want to do right. it. Play was with Victoria, and Victoria was on the show with us that day. And so yep. they really never got along. They never talked to each other. Well, they were trapped like rats, you know, 2,500 miles away from home with Cindy and Alan Miller for five days <laughs> at, on the golf course. And now they're like right. best of buddies, and they want to come to the group practices together. And it's so right. funny. And the dads both said the other day, because they came on Sunday afternoon to the group practice at the Dome, and said, you know, isn't it funny that these two have never even spoken to each other? And now they're texting right. and saying, okay, when are you going to practice? I want to go too. So it clearly can break barriers. Uh, the game yes. is just it's awesome. And sometimes it's a preconceived notion, um, yeah. you know, that you have about someone. And you can say, wow, I didn't realize they're really a nice person. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I mean. You know, and just, again, I know this is not really capitalizing on the on the junior part, but, you know, from the business side of things, and we've talked about this before, and, and uh, we'll talk about it again, I'm sure. But from a business standpoint, and I know when I'm working with a lot of my corporate people, one of the biggest benefits is the amount of information that they're able to gather um, while playing with some of their p- prospective clients. And it's not a matter of even talking about the necessarily the business at hand. It's just general information about the individual, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, how they handle themselves out in the golf course gives them a wealth of information. If they're, again, if there's somebody that's very shy and, and difficult to approach, then obviously a more aggressive tactic is, is not something that they're going to use when they're ready to actually give their sales pitch. So they, they might have to handle them with a little bit more kit gloves. If they're, you know, again, a different personality where they are more aggressive, um, you know, then they know how to handle that as well. So it gives them a bit of a precursor um, when they're ready to, to really do some business. But they're also able to create a fun environment by having their clients around and a relaxed environment because Lord only knows we all need some time away from the office once in a while just to wind down and, and sort of let our hair down, if you will. And golf is a great way to do that. It gets you away for a little while and just gives you an opportunity to just um, you know, develop friendships. And you know, whether you end up doing business out of it or not is sometimes – uh, there are greater rewards that can be had, uh, just like in this case with these two young girls. Um, you know, they may not, uh, you know, they're competing with one another and one may win, one may lose, um, but they're developing a friendship out of that, which hopefully will, will last a lifetime. Um, the other thing, too, is, and you kind of alluded a little bit to this, Cindy, in the beginning, and that was really about practicing in a fun and effective manner. I mean, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people, uh, put too much pressure on the juniors too early in their in their um, time, you know, trying to get them to you know beat balls for hours, and that's not always uh, the best way. Number one, the, the kid's going to get tired out a little bit uh, too quick and 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 kind of resent that, and they're not going to have fun. So, what are some things that you like to do? I mean, obviously you want to practice, you want to teach them the, the basic skills and fundamentals of the game, but how do you do it in such a way that you're not over? Um, overdoing it and creating an environment where they're they're oh god I got to get up there and and you know hit a hundred balls. What do you what do you try to do when when you and Alan put together some of your your boot camps? Well, what we do is we'll have them practice certain distances. Let's say we're like at the dome, we're trying to learn how to fly at thirty yards on purpose, 
So we'll have them all mm-hmm. hit some shots and say, okay, what are you doing? Where are you gripping it? How do you, you know, how do you perform this shot? And then what we'll do is we'll call them all together. And this is incorporating your next point is learning how to play under pressure. We'll say, okay, let's yeah. have, you know, again, boys against the girls. Let's see who can fly it closest. And then, you know, if the parents are standing around, we have the parents be judges and say, okay, who won that one? And then we have prizes and stuff like that. But, um, you have to break it up because the monotony of standing there hitting balls, it's a little boring. And, and I must say yeah. to you, the other thing is, <clears throat> if if a child really wants to be good, I don't think they understand the work that it takes to be good. I think no. sometimes kids in this day and age think they can hit balls and play just a little bit and really get good at this. And that's not the case. I right. mean, I think that's one of the reasons I love the game because right. this, you don't get to be great and shoot under par just because you want to. I mean, you really have to invest the time and energy and the work to do this. And so, you know, there's two sides to it. If you want to have fun, you know, yes, have fun. If you want to kick it up a notch, and it's funny because one of the young girls that we teach is going to Augusta for the drive, chip, and putt. And she, oh uh, wow, the last, yeah, the last tournament she played in was um, a U.S. Kids Golf Tournament <clears throat> at Atlanta or Ennisbrook. I forget. It was in the winter, and she won by ten shots. Shot seventy-one. And wow, she's starting to play in Western New York PGA tournaments, and she's nine. Okay, and wow. so last year, uh, oh, you have no idea. Last year she played <laughs> nine holes. Okay, when she was eight, carried yep. her own bag or pulled the cart, right, and beat the twelve-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm wow. like, oh wow, is Lily is Lily <laughs> playing? I, well, you know, here's the deal. She's at the dome four days a week. You know. How much time are you putting in? So, again, there's a different level there. And, and yes, she's being pushed a little bit. And, you know, we'll see what happens down the road. But, again, you know, let's have some fun. And then depending on the Mm -hmm. level that you want to compete at, you got to turn it up a notch. So I'm all in for fun. But also, yeah, again, now another example is I've got another young girl who's going to play college golf next year, D2. Um, she gets to go to play. She's not getting a scholarship. And her dad says, if you don't get a scholarship, you have to come home. Okay. So I said to her the other day, did you sign up for the Western New York PGA tournaments? And she said, well, no, I, I was, I'm not sure where I should play. She goes, you know, I'm going to be going to school in August. I go, okay. Well, the beginning of the season, it might be snowing. Okay. Guess what? It might be snowing when you're in college too. You know, so it's right. like, well, now that you're going to go to school, does that mean you have you stop working because that was the goal? So, again, I right. think they need – they're not all sure, and they really need some counseling, consulting, you know, planning and goal setting is really what needs yeah. to happen depending on the level. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. And, and I think that, you know, going back to the to the 9-year-old for a second, you know, 
she has to take the initiative and the lead if, if she wants to play competitive. And, and again, there's certainly you can, as a parent, you can be encouraging uh, and, you know, give a little nudge here and there, especially if they're not confident. Um, but to be overbearing and, and pressuring them is, is going to actually do more harm than good. So I agree with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And that, what, what a fantastic young lady. I mean, at nine years old to be beating, uh, you know, girls that are, you know, three, four years uh, older than her, um, and not by just a stroke or two, but by quite a bit. So um, that's uh, it'd be interesting. I wonder if she's got a manager yet, Cindy. We we might need to sign her up, you and I, or something, because she might be the next, you know, LPGA star out there. So, but um, but you know, it, it, it goes to what you said. You know, you have to make it fun, and there are going to be some individuals, some juniors that are going to stand out, um, and and not just have uh, maybe a little stronger ability, um, but are going to have maybe a, a a stronger instinct uh, or or interest in wanting to take a little bit further, and those are the ones that you can you can be a little bit more assertive with, and and I, I don't like to use the word aggressive, but uh, I think assertive with and and helping them. But I agree with what you just said, and 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 sort of assessing their goals and and helping them set goals, and and kind of just mentoring them a little bit and and guiding them, but not with with a, a heavy hand, but with uh, you know sort of a gentle nudging in, in the right direction. Um, and obviously the last one, Cindy, very quickly, and then we'll, we'll bring John out here to join us. Uh, I think, and again, depending on the level, but it's never too early to start, um, and, and that is to focus on some of the etiquette and maybe even some uh, basic rules of the game, uh, helping them to learn and understand and how to, how to act out in the golf course and how to treat one another when they're out the golf and be courteous and considerate uh, and know when it's their turn to play, so to speak, I think are some important things as well. And I know, Cindy, uh, from the past that you've talked about that you try to do that with, with uh, you know, the youngsters that participate in, in your and Alan's uh, boot camp. So maybe just touch briefly on that, and then we'll, uh, we'll introduce John. Um, absolutely. I think you need to go over the rules. Uh, I think that, again, when they play in summer junior tournaments, U.S. kids tournaments, the dads can caddy, sure. which is a great thing. Um, some Sometimes, I might say, because there's parents that need to be fired, but... <laughs> Um, and it's funny because I've caddied in U.S. kids tournaments. Um, we've got a young girl who, when she started out, Adriana, neither parent played golf at all. And I said, okay, I'll just caddy for her. And so some of these parents act like they're, you know, Michelle Wee's or Justin, <laughs> Justin Thomas's mom and dad. And, I, and they're like walking and I'm like, easy, take it easy, pal. Again, they have no idea who this old lady is, right? <laughs> and then right. you finally have to just say, you know, I played on the LPGA tour. Back it off, pal, right? And so, right. again, sometimes the kids have, oh, my God, you can't believe some of these parents. So, anyway, um, the other thing is that sometimes kids have trouble counting. And I believe yes. it's the pressure that the parents put on them. That This is a great thing we should talk about with John. Um, so, some of the kids, I say to them, you know, Susie says, oh, I had a seven, and you know it was a nine. You don't say, oh, you're cheating. You say, really? Hang on. Let's go through that again. You know, you teed off. That was right. one. You hit it out of bounds. You reloaded three. You chunked it four. You knocked it on five. And then you five-putted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. I, yeah. So, unfortunately, right. some of the kids have to pay attention to not only their game, but their playing partners. So, Right. It's just a game about life, and the lessons that they learn are immeasurable. Oh, yeah, and you're so right. And we'll talk a little bit about that with, with John as well. 
um, when we bring him on board. Um, so on that note, uh, let me introduce our, our guest this morning, Cindy, and then we'll bring him on and, and have him join the conversation. What a great uh, topic to start the show off with uh, and roll it out and finish it out with uh, uh, somebody who's involved with uh, Junior Kids Golf. Uh, and our very special guest this morning is John Godwin. He's the Director of Player Development uh, for the U.S. Kids Golf Foundation. And uh, some of the foundation's initiatives include over 1,400 annual competitions, uh, the U.S. Kids Golf uh, Top 50 Kids Teachers Award, which uh, you alluded to earlier, Cindy, uh, and its introduction to golf uh, program curriculum. Uh, in 2012, he co-founded the organization's Certified Coach Program, and since then, over 3,600 uh, golf professionals from 49 states and 40 nations uh, have participated in the training. Uh, John himself is a PGA Master Professional and uh, I, I say formally served as the Vice President of the Georgia Section because he's now, as of March 19th of this year, uh, he's now the President uh, of the Georgia Section. Uh, he's also been the Rocky Mountain Section Player of the Year and Teacher of the Year, as well as the Georgia Section, uh, sorry, excuse me, Georgia uh, Section Junior Golf Leader uh, recipient. In 2004, he was selected as the National uh, Junior Golf Leader by the PGA of America, and uh, which, of course, it's its higher, highest honor for. Uh, youth uh, golf development and he's a graduate of fsu florida state university and lives uh in pine mountain georgia so uh cindy let's bring out our very special guest this morning john godwin good morning good morning cindy how are you good this is ted and cindy ted odorico is the main host i'm the helper person uh but we welcome you and thank you so much for joining us today well, thank you. I've been listening to the show. You guys are spot on. Well, John, let me just start by saying uh, I, I welcome as well, and we appreciate you joining us this morning. And and what a great uh, you know a great topic to have on the show is to talk about uh, really some of the junior golf programs out there because this is where where we're really going to grow the game is at the junior level. And I know you're obviously well aware of, of a lot of the different programs that U.S. Kids Golf offers and that. But just tell us, maybe give us a little bit of an oversight, uh, maybe in addition to what I talked about in the, uh, your introduction, specifically what the, the main mission or purpose of the U- U.S. Kids uh, Golf Foundation is. And then we'll go on. Well, the, the mission of U.S. Kids Golf is to create uh, lasting memories through family interaction and golf is the vehicle to do that so it's uh listening to you guys talk about the the lifelong friends you have certainly cindy with with alan and i going way back in the day in georgia junior golf it's uh it's uh it's it's important and it's uh you know i think those of us that are in the game we're really blessed to have this uh this gift of golf and having fallen in love with it as a young kid it uh I'm, I'm doing the right thing that I'm doing right now, um, serving a lot of a lot of the, a lot of the youth around the country. Yeah, what a what an enviable job you have, John. In fact, uh, uh, I think a lot of professionals would would enjoy doing that because you're really working with um, an area of of golf that is very crucial to the game. I mean, we all, always talk about, and as I alluded to earlier, you know, we hear about the, what's happening out in the tour and the tour players, but that actually represents a very small uh, amount or percentage of the golf industry in general, uh, general. And you've worked with a lot of great professionals who've come and taken some of the certification programs that are offered through U.S. Kids Golf, uh, as Cindy has done, and you get a firsthand chance of meeting some of the great professionals out there that uh, want to help some of the youngsters. So 
just sort of piggybacking on our conversation a little bit, John, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you, um, and, and Cindy had made the comment about parents, and we wanted to get your thought on this, uh, sort of the role of the parents, if you will, um, you know, if they've got a little junior golfer out there that wants to maybe take up the game or is taking up the game, what role should the parents play and, and, and what, uh, what advice would you have for any parents that might be listening out there, how they can be involved um, in, in helping their juniors? You know, I, I think first and foremost, it's it's a, a parent's role should really be try to get their kid to fall in love with golf. That would be step one. And I think sometimes it's it's easy to get confused with that and trying to make a an introduction to the game with a seven, eight, or nine year old, and they might be eight years old, and you're trying to make them eighteen years old by tomorrow. Uh, I think that so right. it's a process that that. Uh, you guys said it, you know, keep it fun. You've got to think long-term, and you've got to under-coach. Uh, I know this is – Cindy is passionate about this. Uh, over-coaching uh, can uh, get to be a problem. So the the, the parents' role, I mean, that, that they those that are golf smart are going to coach some, but they've got to be very careful about it. And, you know, showing patience. They've got to teach humility. They need to make it social. So it's because they're at trial stage. So if you've got a young player that's really getting going there, they're just sticking the toe in the water and just seeing if they like golf. And so you're just trying to get a next. Okay, we'll go next time. Let's go. Let's go putt and have an ice cream and a pizza. And so they they associate the activity with fun. And there's plenty of time for development. Um, that, yeah. uh, I think we as coaches sometimes uh, miss that mark. We we forget they're at trial stage and, and, and we're trying to make them, you know, a little uh, shrunken touring pros by Friday. Right, right. Um, right. <laughs> let me just, uh, let me just ask one other quick question and Cindy, I'll, I'll throw the mic over to you. Um, you know, John, uh, Cindy alluded to earlier in the program in our discussion uh, about how there was uh, sort of a recent study done out in California. And one of the issues that came up was, you know, when it comes to extracurricular activities, what, you know, kids most likely think about. And, and some of the topics that came out were, you know, of course, baseball and football and, you know, maybe soccer and karate and, and dance and all these other things. And golf wasn't mentioned. What do you think the industry needs to do better um, in, in, in getting golf sort of in that, that vocabulary of, of extracurricular things? What is it that we're not doing that we should be doing, uh, in your opinion? Is that for Cindy or me, Ted? No, that's for you, John. No, sorry, that was for you, John. Yeah, you know, I I think the um, it, it it really boils down to a real simple thing. If a young kid comes out to to golf and it's it's it and they're just getting started, these these kids today are really hip and smart, and they they they're they're assessing the environment. Okay, is this number one? Is this fun? Is this something that I could right. see myself doing or my friends doing? And to, to really grow this thing, I think we as professionals, those that are delivering the, the curriculum, the content, the programming, I think we need to look at that first because, the, you know, there was a study done by the National Youth Sports Association of 40,000 youth. And, um, the, and, and the question was asked, well, why, why, why do you play you sports? And, you know, it, it, it goes back to it's so simple. It's about it's the fun component. And we, we, we've got to make 
our game that's a traditional game modern and 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 hip enough that that the kids can can relate to it and, and move on because once they get into it and, and and they come back to a next then you start to get them hooked yeah i i, I agree and and i think the accessibility too is is critical um you know, very recently on um, uh, Faraday on the Golf Channel, of course, that program, uh, Jack Nicholas was on with, with um, a couple of others. And one of the comments that he made was really about the accessibility, that golf is still, for many people, is very expensive. And uh, that he wanted to be able to um, find ways to make it more affordable for the average person out there. And that's one of the deterrents, I think, that a lot of parents have, as opposed to some of the other sports out there that are maybe a little bit less expensive. So I think that's one area as well that, that needs to be uh, looked at a little bit more. And that's not just about giving away lessons, um, you know, at, at great discounted prices, but it's also uh, the equipment side and also the accessibility to golf courses, I think, needs to be a little bit more affordable for some people. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some questions as well. Let me ask you a question. I've got... Um parents of a four and a two-year-old and they're they're pretty tall and they wanted to get the four-year-old clubs and they want they signed them up for a clinic and they they like wanted me to sit there and teach him how to swing and I said you know at this point he just needs to have fun and he needs to enjoy coming with you and when you're done you should take him over and play putt-putt because we've got a putt-putt at the dome and we ordered them both clubs, and believe it or not, the two-year-old, the 39-inch U.S. kids' clubs are pretty, they fit them. And so my question to you is, how do you handle um, overbearing parents without being rude? Well, you know, I always say this, Cindy, a parent's heart's always in the right place. And it's our job to get their mind in the right place. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a it's a difficult challenge for a parent sometimes, especially if you've got a, a young kid that is kind of liking golf and has, you know, been out there doing it and can hit the ball and they see the potential and, and they want to give them the best uh, opportunity. So I, I counsel parents maybe in a little different way. And I say, look, you know, they're, You've got a four-year-old. I'm going to try to make this as the most fun I can make it for age four, and then next year they're going to be five, and we'll make it fun for a five-year-old. It's it's knowing where the kid is at the moment and setting the expectation. So I try to get a little reality for for the parent that um, that if if you if if you set the standard and set the the expectation, then it's easier to to manage, and you can start to hit some marks. Um, you know, and on the club fitting side, it's really what we always say around here, you know, kids should grow out of their clubs and not into them. I think right. there's, so you right. did a good, you did a good job on, 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 on getting them set up correctly. So if, if it, and it's the biggest opportunity I think we have as professionals to, on, on, on this parent side of thing you, you alluded to earlier that sometimes you get some that just get a little out of, out of control, but even the ones that are out of control, their heart's right. And and so I'll I'll bring them aside and you know at Pinehurst at our World Championship we'll play six thousand rounds over uh, two weeks between the teen and and our and our twelve and under group and we will have four or five what I call high octane moments uh, that are uh, requires intervention and and uh, but 
you know, it's easy to get them back in line when they, you know, when the emotions calm down. And, and so really, if you look at it from those numbers, statistically, it's insignificant, the amount of mm. uh, situations that require us to, to become involved. So pa- parents' involvement's uh, really important. I'll give you a quick backstory. I don't want to ramble on too much, but a backstory, Cindy, that we, no, had, we had decided when we were, when we were going to let parents get involved caddying. And this goes all the way back to to uh, 2000 when Morgan Pressel was in the Women's U.S. Open at, at Pine Needles. Were you playing there? Were you nope, in that field? But I was not. <laughs> she, she, Morgan was 12, and her dad could caddy for her that week in the Women's U.S. Open. And the very next week, Morgan was in the U.S. Junior, but her dad couldn't caddy for her there. And we, we were having internal discussions here at U.S. Kids. Well, are we going to have parents involved? And 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 I kind of made the comment, well, we have to have them involved. We can't send six- or seven-year-olds out on the course and even expect them to return. They they, they won't be able to keep score. We, we've got to have the parental. We've got to have parents involved. So it's our opportunity. We embrace that. So it's an educational opportunity. And, I think that's what we do now through our certified program. It's it's our next frontier, if you will. And I know there's a lot of scholars out there. There's a lot of research that's been done here with parental ro- roles in in youth sport, and uh, um, it's it's something that that that's important for us because it fits our mission statement back to family interaction with lasting memories. So. Um, it's it's the next frontier to to come over, but I don't want our listeners to think, or and certainly I tell this to my professionals all the time that I don't want you to think that that the youth sport parent in golf is a chronic problem. It problems do right. exist, and when you think about a large group of people getting together, there's going to be issues, and and there's going to be some that are that are probably a little more passionate, heated than others. But then that's when we would intervene and, and tell them our culture. And basically, I just say, the way we do things around here is this way. And then parents want to get in 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 line, and they they want to be part of a of a of a, of a good situation. Yeah, that, perfect. That's a great point, John. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And 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 I think it's important. You know, we, we certainly don't want to imply that this is a uh, a rampant issue that, you know, a lot of parents are, are difficult to deal with. It is a very, very small percentage. You're exactly right. Um, we just simply want to, you know, make the folks aware um, that when these problems do arise, that there's sort of a right and a wrong way to sort of handle things. And I think you, you very eloquently pointed out that the right way to do that is there's a time to step in and, and, and sort of guide the parents in a, in a different direction. But, um, yeah, we certainly don't want to imply that this is a, a, a huge issue because certainly it isn't, but um, it, it is something obviously we want to bring to light. Um, Cindy, I, I know you've got uh, maybe another question or two in there. Go ahead. So I just think it's so cool that I've had the pleasure of meeting most of the people that are involved with U.S. Kids Golf. How did you guys find each other? Were you friends? Oh, it, did they hire you? Because I, I mean to tell you, you're just so cool. And, again, when I first went to get certified, I thought, am I too old to do this? And then I looked at you guys, and I go, well, nope, I'm not. 
Oh, that's that's right. Well, you know, I'm 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 the old gray dog around here, but the uh, I, I met Dan Van Horn in 1999 at the Buick Challenge, a PGA Tour event in Pine Mountain, Georgia, my hometown, and we were at the Junior Clinic, and Callaway uh, was giving away adult four irons to all the kids in attendance. They were getting on. Sorry. They were, the kids were getting off school buses and coming in. There must have been three or 400 kids there. They ran out of clubs. And the my local community w- was making a donation to our youth program. And Dan was there. And I was selling Dan's clubs at our little at our, at our youth course. And I met him. And I said, I really like your equipment. That's, that's when the, we just had red, blue, and green. We had three. Youth kids had three sizes. And... He, uh, he said, well, come, I'd love to talk to you. Come up to, to my office. And uh, we started talking, and I told him I just I was going to get out of the adult coaching world. I wanted just to spend the rest of my career in youth. And uh, we hit it off, and, and uh, one thing's led to another. And now I've been to every world championship, 18 consecutive world championships that we've had and helped develop a lot of these programs. So it's been a been a real blessing. Dan Van Horn is it, in, in my mind, the, the, he's, the, he's the greatest innovator, certainly in the youth world, that I've ever met between the equipment and the leadership with scaling and, and all of the things that we do. He's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. Truly is. Very good. Um, so, John, you, you talk about some of the different um, – development programs talk about some of the things that uh, are offered through u.s kids golf obviously you know equipment and things like that what are some of the other programs um that you can maybe talk a little bit about for for those parents that are listening to say you know that's something i might like to get my kid involved what are some of the other programs that are offered well our our tournament program we have local tours that we play uh cindy had mentioned she had i I think she had you had mentioned you caddied in, in one of them we have uh, and about 50 markets around the country. Uh, parents could go on to uskidsgolf.com and try to find a local tour in their area. And if one is not offered, uh, reach out to us. We're looking to grow this and, and get more youth playing. It's, uh, the courses are scaled for yardage so that it works, um, so that they can get in. And, and, and our, the, the starting point is to play local golf so you don't have to travel. And so you, you, you get into the game, they're at trial stage, they're just playing. And then those that stay in long enough and start to develop, uh, we have a way for them to uh, advance to some travel golf, uh, play some regionals, and then uh, possibly qualify for our world championship. So our world championship is sort of like the, it's like the Little League World Series, if you will. It's a, it's a joyous celebration that they, can, uh, that they can come play. But there's a way at the local level to do that. Um, parents can 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 find all of that information out there on the on the web. I think the other the thing through our coaches, yeah, on our website. Um, the other thing, our positive, positive coaching lines program that 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 we're with. I would encourage all parents to take a look at that. That's at uh, positivecoach.org and become a second goal parent. It, it will help parents kind of understand the, the, the culture of youth sports, maybe what their roles are, how they could uh, 
best uh, help their help their kids and you know at the end of the day um, I always tell parents you know this is a this is a great opportunity golf is a great opportunity for, for helping you learn to let go eventually Cindy you had three children you, you had there was a point in time you had to start to let go a little bit I mean I'm sure you were petrified when they started driving a vehicle uh, whatever you know whatever situation your parents are dealing with it's a part you're you're really just getting them ready to take on the world if mm-hmm. you will so i tell them to you know learn to let go um and don't be part of the chaos golf is chaotic so if they're caddying yeah. or, or they're you know kids come to their parents you know for nurturing and and um, a couple other good web pages out there parents can go to changing the game project uh dot com that's a good one and all pro dad that that's a good good site too to look at perfect um, us, some great information there thank you yardages john can you tell I'm us sorry, about, I, I, the, I think you know again i i know that you do so many things so well and and i'm sure it has to do with the whole team that you have at us kids golf but tell us about the yardages because I'm going to try to qualify the, for the Women's U.S. Open, Senior Open this year, and I got news for you. You should call the USGA and say, hey, can you can you make the yardages so they can reach the green? <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you, you're exactly right. Yardage is, yardage is so critical in our game, and it's, it's you know, it's something that certainly if you're on, on the youth side of things, we – we, we've done all the research. We we have real world experience watching kids of different ages hit the ball. Uh, we've we've used TrackMan data. We've tested. We've we've basically figured it out. We are the world's leading expert on yardage for youth. Um, it's since expanded into what we now call our Longleaf T system, which is a a complete overhaul of thinking of of how the game is uh, should be played and how how it's how it's currently played uh, for example cindy like a couple of years ago in the lpga tour their their driver carry distance was 218 all right so that's going to be uh, based on that you know you could play about a 6200 yard course and have a mix of you know short par three long par three a driver sand wedge you know maybe a Maybe a, a driver hybrid of one par four. Maybe you could reach a par five and two. Something, something like that. And and I think that, you know it's difficult on the LPGA tour with the way that the core setups because you have such a stretch of of bombers and shorter hitters, and so it's it's a it's a harder setup there. I remember at Pinehurst playing number two, they had to shorten the course. I think it was the third round because the players couldn't reach. And keep on the green. Come, all the players were coming in with hybrids except the bombers. So we understand that, and in in, certainly in the youth world and, and how it's set up. So we've we've got the data. We we know how far the if you're in the 50 percentile, for example, a 10 year old, you know that ought to be about a 5,000 yard course. If 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 because they're hitting the ball about 175, the elite players hitting at 175 in the air, but Think about this, Cindy. All the people that that you coach out there, if you're coaching someone that can hit at 150 in the air, whether it's a a youth or a 
um, a female student or even a, even a, even a, a man, well, that's a 4,300-yard course. There aren't many setups out there at that yardage that's underneath 5,000, and that's really our, our target, under 5,000 yards, to make the course playable and, and again, have, you know, driver sand wedge for these eight-year-olds and a par five they can reach into and shoot tour-like scores and have fun and Otherwise, you end up just hitting irrelevant shots in, in, in developing youth. If you're playing a course that's too long, um, you'll, you only need four or five clubs. You need a driver, a lofted club, a, a wedge, and a putter, and you don't get complete game development. So we, we live in this world of yardage, and it's, uh, it's something that we've really researched. Well, I'm glad yeah, you did well. because I, I totally agree. It's like, wow. And, and, again, I think the men get it because they've got par fours they can reach. They're shooting much lower scores. Uh, and I, I understand that there's such a big, huge difference between, you know, Laura Davies and Cindy Miller playing on the same golf course. There's absolutely no comparison. But I really wish that they would listen to what you guys have done because I think it would help the game. Not only for me, but for everyone who plays it, because there's so many men. You know, I want to break 90. I said, "Well, move up a tee." You know, um, why do we make it so hard on ourselves? Well, I, I, you're exactly right, and 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 I challenge um, who I call the gate gatekeepers of the game. Th- those are, you know, course owners, golf professionals. Uh, Tour officials, you know, tradition is a wonderful game, or, or tradition is a, a wonderful part of our game, is, as long as it doesn't hold you back. And I think some of our traditions yeah. are holding us back. We've we've inherited some yardage uh, scenarios that are that are that need to be that need to be changed. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, I yeah I I agree as well, uh, John and Cindy. And I think that many of the uh, sort of the elite professionals, uh, again, Nicholas and, and even Palmer, the late uh, Arnold Palmer has said this, as many of others have, um, you know, with a lot of the advancements and changes to equipment, um, I won't say that necessarily have made a lot of uh, golf courses obsolete, um, but they've forced them to, um, you know, lengthen them. Even Augusta National over time has been lengthened in order to accommodate some of these bombers. Uh, as you put it, John, and it's it's really taken away from the average player um, wanting to get out there and play. You know, some of these courses that are 7,000-plus yards is just too far from the reach, and, uh, you know, certainly they can move up a, a tee block or two, but they're still faced with the same challenges. That, you know, they're not able to reach the greens. Uh, they're just too long. So uh, definitely uh, I think uh, that needs to be – uh, taking a serious look at just very quickly uh john because we only got a, a couple of minutes left but uh, i wanted to give you an opportunity to, just to mention something um you talked about in the opening uh credits uh, for you uh that golf is not only in 49 states but 40 nations uh around the world how much is golf really becoming uh sort of a big interest for a lot of other countries that maybe traditionally uh, weren't playing golf, but there obviously seems to be a lot of interest generated. Are you noticing that as well? Yes, most most definitely. Uh, Czech Republic's got some youth playing. Italy, Italy has made great strides in the last three years. They've um, 
they've got the, the Italian Federation behind it. You're going to start to see some young Italians start to emerge onto the uh, the national stage. South Africa's always been strong. China is a developing market now where uh, things right. are starting to happen there. And, and so it's uh, uh, every location has its own sort of challenges. And, and uh, you hit on it about uh, course access. Kids have to get on the course. But yeah. a lot of good things happening out there around the world that are, uh, mm-hmm. that, that are starting to, to make a difference. Fantastic. Well, John, we want to thank you for joining us uh, this morning on the Women of Golf Show. It's been very interesting to, to hear some of your perspectives and, and thoughts uh, on uh, junior golf. And it, uh, it's very obvious that uh, they've got the right man uh, heading up the director uh, of player development. So uh, please continue the great work. And, and for those that maybe are listening to the show that would like to learn more information, uh, maybe just a quick rundown again of uh, where they can go to, to get information about uh, U.S. Kids Golf. Yes, they can go to uskidsgolf.com. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can look at all of our initiatives there, from tournaments to products um, to our coaching portals. So it's a. Uh, uh, they could even call in. Um, our call-in number is 888-387-5437. Perfect. Well, John, we want to thank you uh, again for being our very special guest this morning on the Women of Golf Show. And again, please keep up the great work. And uh, we'd love to have you come back again uh, on another show and uh, maybe talk a little bit more uh, uh, about junior golf. But keep up the great work, and and thank you for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf. Thank you, Ted. Cindy, thank you. Thank you, John. All right, have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, that was our very special guest, John Godwin, uh, Director of Player Development for the U.S. Kids Golf Foundation. Um, very interesting, uh, you know, discussion, Cindy. You know, some of the points that he brought up were, were very, uh, uh, very enlightening and obviously very interesting. And hopefully uh, those of you tuning into the show this morning uh, were able to take away uh, some great tips uh, that maybe will help you in, in getting your youngster involved in the game and some of the, the information that they can uh, get at, by visiting uskidsgolf.com. Uh, all the information is there. And for obviously you coaches and teaching professionals out there that uh, maybe want to get more involved in, in junior golf, uh, again, you might want to visit uskidsgolf.com and visit some of the coaches' portals as well and, and get your information there. But uh, as always, Sydney uh, Miller and I want to thank uh, all the listeners for faithfully tuning in each and every week uh, from literally all around the globe. And we appreciate uh, your continued support. And we will uh, continue to bring you Uh, some more great guests and some more great discussions on the show. We hope you enjoyed us here this morning. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. And thanks, Cindy, for doing a great job. Thanks, Ted. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.